Uh, thanks, Spartan Dog ninety seven. When I'm not uh, when I'm not chanting for more Morbius, I'm Spartan Dog ninety seven. <laughs> we we have a very special guest with us. Uh, Carter could not make it. Um, he is watching his friends, his family, his brothers, um, the Atlanta Hawks. He flew down to Atlanta with Don Thomas to watch the game <laughs> um, per speculation that I'm making up. So, Carter, if you listen, uh, just please confirm or deny. I just had to shoehorn it in because, yeah, I think it's funny and it's never not funny. Um, we have a very special guest. In our opinion, one of the – I mean, I think you are, like, one of the top MSU Twitter accounts. I'm dead serious. And we have Mrs. Belvedere on at, at Mrs. Underscore Belvedere on Twitter. If you don't know who she is, you got to give her a follow. It, it's so awesome to have you on. Oh, I'm so excited you guys invited me on. And, um, you know, just to be part of the bacon community has really been a <laughs> highlight uh, of my Twitter experience. So I look forward to discussing today. Oh, man, that that was a that was too. I think. Uh, I looked it up. It's been a year. It's been two years, Spartan. We've been at this for two years. That's crazy. Oh, man. that It was something just to do while we were sitting at home and we couldn't even go to like Home Depot and buy flooring. So we would just we just decided to start a podcast like that was just it's nuts. And yeah, it's it's crazy that we're still here, but it's so fun. Um, let's see. Do you want me to list off your, your accolades that you uh, told us to hype up? Yeah, I, I'd say go for it. Um, <laughs> I definitely have, um, you know, put myself out there on Twitter and, and tried to, you know, use it as an outlet for uh, my less serious side, but I realized yeah. I think that's the only side I have. So I'll let you share whatever you like. Okay, she her accolades are uh, the hype list, fifth grade state of Michigan mathematics champion, um, last place finisher in the 1985 Awanas Club Pinewood, Pinewood Derby, um, a TED Talk speaker, and the winner of your corporate 2016 international leadership drinking boat race competition in Amsterdam. That's a that's hell of that's that's awesome. That's a big deal. <laughs> Um, when I made the guy from Italy throw up in front of our CEO, that really was the pinnacle of my career. So I, I took that as a, as a moral victory and uh, an award for me to live with the rest of my life. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. We can't top that. Um, on the agenda today, we're going to talk the spring game. You know, that's, uh, that's the big one that I think everyone is excited for in one way or another. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of hoops and then we're going to do a little bit of story time with all of us. Like I would guess we'd call it like crazy MSU related stories in some way, or like just crazy college hoops, athletic stories. I don't know. I'm just going to shut up. Um, <laughs> so the spring game is this Saturday at what time? Like two o'clock or is it? I believe it's two. Two. Um, I'm not going to be able to watch, unfortunately. Um I'm not thrilled with my timing. I'm going, I'm in Florida. I'm driving to Florida this weekend. Um, I really kicked myself when we paid the Disney world deposit <laughs> and realized that April, that April 16th was a spring game. 
I really can't tell my wife to detour for a day or two so we can drive to Lansing and watch that. Um, yeah, it's at two o'clock. It's spring game. That's what we call it, but it's going to be a spring scrimmage. So if you watched last year's spring game, so it's going to be, there's going to be like workouts, drills. It's kind of a mix of like, I would say what you see if you go into the stadium before the game and, mm-hmm. and then like, they're going to run a little bit of a scrimmage, but uh, coach Tucker said that there's just too few offensive linemen that are healthy to get a full spring, like a spring contest in. And I totally get it. I, I saw some boomers bitching about it on Twitter and I'm like, it just don't, just don't watch. I, I, what do you guys think of the game? Like Mrs. B, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on it? You know, I think that a lot of this goes back to even the culture that Tucker's creating. So there's been a lot of hype going into this spring game that almost feels you know, different than it had before. Um, so before this call, even I was looking at um, some of the depth, chart, depth charts that were released in the past couple of weeks, just looking at, you know, where guys are healthy and where they're going to be placed. And, um, and I think that it, it just, it, it feels like it's going to be a little bit of spring tryout. Um, I'm really excited. I want to see Kate Hauser out there. I want to see, you know, what his arms doing. Um, I'm really excited for that. I, I do, you know, think there's going to be some interesting pivots. Um, you know, some of us were having some conversations offline about, uh, Malik Carr and kind of, you know, where he ends up on the chart. And, um, and I think it'll, I think it'll be eye opening to be honest. Like, I think it'll be a little bit of a less, you know, it'll be a friendly scrimmage as always, but I do think we're going to start to see, you know, who's, who's aligned with the program, who's aligned with their position right now. And, and obviously health is a factor, but I think we're going to start to see, you know, where those changes are going to be in September. I think we're going to see them now. Yeah, no, personally for me, I, I like the, uh, the open practice concept more than, Mm -hmm. more than an actual spring game, because I don't, I've always found the spring games, um, even when I was like, uh, younger, you know, before I started to go to MSU, uh, I found it to be a little lacking. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't really get into like the competitive aspect of it. Um, I didn't really buy into it. The open practice, I think is someone who follows the day-to-day of the program and is Mm kind of watching the ins and outs. Um, I think, I think the open practice should be a lot more exciting to you because you get, you get a glimpse into kind of how the coaches and Tucker run the program, um, kind of what drills are they running in, in practice. And then you still get that live, you still get a little bit of that live ball stuff. Uh, but it's not quite, um, it's just not the entire game, you know, like it always kind of, the spring game to me always felt like a week four NFL preseason game where like, you know, all the people (laughs) you want to see, like, aren't there. And like, right. you're just watching like seventh rounders fly at each other, which has value, yeah. to it, but it's just not what you want to see as a fan. So I love the open, con- I love the open mm-hmm. practice. Yeah. Well, and I like how they're, you know, they are, from what I was reading you, they're kind of mixing it up. So there'll be some like scrimmage elements, but not like, you know, will there be running plays, but not full games. So it's somewhere you know, kind of in that continuum, but I do because I do feel like it gives the element of people competing for their roles. 
Um, you know, like you're not going to have the Draymond Greens of the world out there, you know, playing <laughs> in a position like for jokes, which is, you know, it was fun and everything. But I do feel like we're actually going to see people get tested, um, which I think is great because that's the that's the culture that the program has right now. And, I, and everybody's hungry for it. So it'll be nice to see because um, I think it's going to be on the Big Ten Network, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think all the spring games are on Big Ten. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. I, even in the prime Antonio years, you know, like the Connor cook era and the Kirk cousins there, I never really made it a point to watch the spring games. Like, cause it was just basically like flag football or two hand touch. And like, it, it didn't really appeal to me. And yeah. Like, thank you for bringing up the Draymond thing. I was going to say that, like, I love date. I love day day, but you know, when, when he's putting on the pad stuff, it's, it's something that doesn't move the needle in my eye. And like, what coach Tucker is doing is something different and I like it. Mm -hmm. It, it, it's something I'll watch it. And like, I just like to kind of watch, I like watching the field anyway. Like I like going to the game early and watching warmups. Like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of sick like that, but I, I enjoy the minutia of this program even more now. Like, like I've said to these, like I've said to Spartan dog and Carter, like I kind of lost my, my fire for MSU football with the final couple D'Antonio years. And, you know, like we won't talk about it as much, but like the Mm -hmm. Illinois game just broke me and, you know, just Mel Tucker coming in, I started to buy into him. And then, you know, that Michigan game, it's like, okay, this, I think this guy's going to work out. And obviously last year has just so much juice behind it. And, I'm I'm really excited to see if we take some leaps and I don't I don't know if we're going to go 11 and 2 again but I think we're going to see a lot of development this year and mm-hmm. I just pray to God we can have a healthy offensive line you know this it's, it's not healthy right now but you know I I hope that we get a really good OL that that we can maybe see glimpses of on Saturday to where Kapovich can really start to work his magic and he did great last year but you know, once the elite recruits come in, and I think we're supposed to have what? Holy, a huge amount of recruits. I mean, it's what? Yeah, I think it was a record number, right? Like yeah. 40, 40 something? Mm-hmm. Or maybe more. I don't know. Well, I, I think that speaks to kind of the bigger, the, the bigger mission uh, Tucker's trying to accomplish with, with the spring game, right? Like last year, Last year, the spring game coincided with Spartan Dog Con, which not not a great name. I mean, it, it's a little sloppy. It could be it could have been better. But like, you know, having all those alumni come back to campus and having, you know, he did have a ton of recruits at last year's spring game as well. And and it's just and it, and it speaks to the kind of culture Tucker is building and the recruiting he's doing where on the same weekend that Alabama and Ohio State are hosting their spring games, the number one running back in the nation for 2023 isn't going to Tuscaloosa or Columbus. He's coming right here. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, you know, a couple of things I was reading, you know, Nick Saban was interviewed and they had the article in the AP that was out today about you know, him complaining about, you know, the NIL and how, you know, they had all these top coaches, you know, bitching about how, you know, the NIL was, you're basically paying for players. And I was like, um, you (laughs) guys have been 
playing paying players with suit bags full of, or suitcases full of cash for years. So that's rich. Um, second <laughs> is I, I think that they're starting to see other power five programs like Michigan state who can really compete IL and they don't like it. And so I didn't think that it was a coincidence, you know, that, that Nick Saban article was, you know, going out today. I thought it was, you know, very well-timed on his part, but I also think, so that was kind of comment one. Comment two is, you know, you look at the landscape of coaches. If I'm a, you know, certainly, you know, I'm not a young black man who's competing, you know, at this level of stage in the game. But if I were, you know, and I were looking at the landscape of who could provide me the culture, the competitive atmosphere, the NIL that I would want. Um, and certainly you're, you know, you can go to Alabama and, you know, play for national championships. You can go and play for Kirby smart. You can play for these guys, but you know, who is it that, you know, thinks like me, looks like me and can give me what I want. And I think that that's reverberating throughout the country right now that recruits are looking at Michigan state to say, this is a coach who's going out there and he's getting, you know, the, the pass rush pass rush expert, you know, in the whole country to come, you know, teach our guys. Like he, I think recruits are looking at this program in a totally different way. And, and I, I think we would be insane to think that other coaches weren't standing up and taking notice, not just now, but for the past year. Well, yeah. And, and you bring up a good point, Mrs. B. I think, I think kind of that, that that's playing a role here. Um, kind of the same way that it's playing a role uh, with with Coach Prime down in down in Jackson, right? Yeah. I mean, to a lesser extent, mm-hmm. obviously, because Jackson State doesn't have the resources. But you know, look at a kid like Travis Hunter, right? He had an opportunity to go to Florida State, number one recruit in the nation, could have punched his ticket anywhere, and he said, "I'm going to play, yes, lesser competition, but I get to be coached." by one of the best players to ever play my position. And that's invaluable. And you have the support of not only, you know, of not only fans of Deion Jackson, of Deion Sanders and, you know, in the Jackson state community, you also have like, like a ton of support from outside. Like ESPN is playing Jackson state games. There's the Barstool documentary, which is excellent. Right. You have all these things that I think are kind of extracurricular factors that are drawing power away from Alabama and saving doing the whole holier than thou thing is rich because there are more uh, there are more Hellcat challengers at parked at the Alabama football facility than a military base. So I don't really want to hear saving bitching that that NIL is ruining the sport. I really don't. Probably more challengers in there. There are lots than like any Dodge dealer right now. <laughs> this yeah. because of the chip shortage. Uh, topical humor. Um, I, and I saw that we landed a crystal ball for a target who will be there. He's a 2023 four-star D lineman, uh, Brandon Jordan effect. Uh, Enao Etta out of Colleyville, Texas. Um, he's going to be there. He's two... I hate the statistics of ranking recruits. I think it's stupid, but uh, 19th best DL in the country, 131st overall recruit, but 247 has him as a 58th overall. So if he comes here, we'll call him the 58th best prospect for sure. 
Um, we will, <laughs> we will trust 24 seven in that, in that stance. Um, I just saw that pop up. So I wanted to mention that. Um, and yeah, like I've, I've, I've told these guys, I've been loving this Brandon Jordan. I mean, we all do, but like, I keep saying, cause I'm a Rams fan. I, I have been, and I just am really hoping that one day I'm walking into um, Spartan stadium and like, you see Aaron Donald and Von Miller and all those guys like walk into the field with yeah. the Lombardi trophy. Like, oh, that'd be great. My my brothers, my my family. Um, sorry, I'm gonna run that in the ground, but uh <laughs> that's, awesome. that's just that's the the buzz that like you know, like Mel Tucker went out and made this higher, and that just put sent shockwaves throughout like the air the, the area, the Big Ten and like college football, it's gonna feel it. And you know, I wonder if he's gonna try to pull more of these later on. Like, say we Say we won another 11 games or say we do something incredible this year. Like what kind of other hires can this open up? Because you know, people are going to want to pour even more money in the program. Um, right. Cause I I've said it. And like my friends laugh at me cause like they're all Michigan fans. I'm like, Michigan state can compete. It's just, if they want to pay. And we found out when D'Antonio left that the money was there and yeah, and that's what really upset me about him leaving. And I was bitter for a while, but he he's, he can come back right now. Um, so I, it's going to be weird to like be, I think we can be one of the big boys. And if, if we're getting all these recruits to come to our spring game, instead of Alabama and Ohio state who have theirs on Saturday, that, mm-hmm. that speaks volume because if you imagine them ask coach D asking these kids that five years ago, I mean, he'd be left on red. He red. He, he, yeah. he, they'd hang up the phone or laugh at him. Well, he um, wouldn't even be talking to these guys. He'd be no. talking to some two star no. out of Cincinnati. <laughs> well, the 16 class was uh, ranking wise fine, but we won't talk about the rest of it. Um, but that's what I'm, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, I could go on about it, but I mean, we can, I don't know if you guys have any closing thoughts on the spring game or what's what's going to come the next couple months. I, I can well, smell. I go ahead, Misty. Go ahead. Oh, no. Ahead. I was just going to say, I did see a tweet earlier today from a class of 2027 ranked recruit. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even kidding you guys. I had to like um, I'm a I am a very senior executive in my business. I had to like count backwards on my hand, like, wait a second. If you're a sophomore, that's 24. If you're a freshman, that's 25. He's a seventh grader and God bless him. You know, (laughs) Uh, that's Nick Saban energy right there. Nick Saban's been doing that. It was so wild to see that. And I was, and that to me was like, I thought the Strayhorn kids, you know, who were like what class of 25 and, and I think they got a 27 in there too, but like this, yeah. (laughs) And they're big kids, but this was like, I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome to see because that's all about energy and that's all about getting people hyped up to want to wear your logo, to wear your emblem, to wear your letters when they're in junior high school, because that's who they want to play with. I mean, think about it. That's like, you know, that's Jaden Aikens type energy, right? Mm -hmm. Remember Jaden Aikens had that like middle school picture. Like I want to go to Michigan state and play basketball. Like we're getting that now with football. And I think that's amazing. And that, that, if that kid ends up developing into a a high talent recruit, he could remember that and be like, well, coach Tucker was the first one 
to believe in me and that could go a long way in, in landing people. Like, I don't mind it. Um, just keep EJ Holland wild, away from them. Yeah, EJ Holland, uh, <laughs> preemptive restraining order for EJ Holland. <laughs> we need to alert, we need to alert his parents right away. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to throw that in. I'm sorry. He's going to have to move out of Florida here pretty soon. To He's another in Flor- state. Oh, the kids in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I'm talking about EJ Holland in the, in the don't say gay bill. That's, that's oh, it, it was weak. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think the spring <laughs> game, the best thing about the spring game is that like, you can just smell football in the air, right? You know, it's, you know, <laughs> and it, and like summer's great. Like I'm not going to deny that summer's a that summer sucks. Well, I can't wait for summer. It's the weather. Uh, mooch off your friends with boats. Golf mooch off leagues. your friends with places up north. Golf. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you know that that right around the corner is is the is the fireball and the early wake ups. Mm. Uh, Traffic jams on campus, getting to your tailgate spot. The the verbal meme, uh, verbal gif of the rock, the rock smelling the air. <sighs> the rock, uh, the walk down Shaw Lane. You pass Erickson. You walk into the internet. You pass by the International Center. The crowds get bigger, and you see Spartan Stadium in all its glory. Yeah, it's I'm coming. I'm, I'm, I'm ready so to go. Excited. I'm ready to go back to the. Uh, I forget what lot we were in that, that we tailgate in. I forget what it's called, but I should know it, but whatever. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back in that lot and, and walk across the bridge and see the uh, lovely red cedar and, you know, and just be in that atmosphere again. Um, so all time bag fumble by MSU two not allowing tailgating all time bag fumble, just brutal. during the spring game, brutal bag fumble. Yeah. Yeah. Holler might make it happen eventually. We'll see. Um, so we do have basketball news. We didn't record last week, so I kind of forgot about it. Um, we've been it's been a hot topic on this podcast, Mrs. B. We've we've mm-hmm. been pretty critical of Tom Izzo um, and and the team and the coaching staff over the last year year give or take. Yeah. Um, you know, give or take a couple of weeks because we were riding pretty high for a while this this season. Um, and Dwayne Stevens, you know, he'd been offered. I think he'd been offered the Western job before, right? Like, uh, he was offered it in 2020. Yeah. Um, or, and, yeah. Whenever the last vacancy was. Yeah, like they've been they've been kind of they've been kind of struggling since Steve Hawkins was fired. Um, and Dwayne Stevens takes the Western Michigan job this time. Um, and they had a nice little ceremony at, oh man, the stadium is there. The arena is, is right on the tip of my tongue, but I'm, I live in Kalamazoo, so I should know this. Um, and, you know, Tom Izzo was there and um, you know, a lot of the players and staff were there, which I thought was pretty cool, you know, solidarity and like, yeah. he he's one of their boys. So that, that's, that's awesome. Um, and I, I wanted you like, I forget the quote of what Izzo was saying, but I know you were talking about it before we came on. Um, like in regards to, I don't know. I know you have thoughts on, on Dwayne leaving too. Like what, just what are your thoughts on everything? Um, you know, I'll say this. I think that it's a good move for everybody involved. 
Um, and by that, I mean, you know, I think Dwayne is an awesome, uh, I think he's an awesome coach. I think he's an awesome person, great professional, you know, a former Spartan himself. I think he's really bled green his whole life. I think he, you know, at his age too, right? Because he's, I think, right around 50. Um, Cause he played a couple of years before I joined MSU and, and some of the guys that I know who played um, either played with them or they're tight through the alumni network. He's extremely respected throughout, you know, the basketball alumni. And, and I think we all respect him a great deal. I think that um, what we see, at least I'll say this for me as a, as a Spartan, uh, with a limited working knowledge of basketball as a whole, I will say, I don't think that the head coaching job, when it would ever become available to him at MSU, would have been a right fit for him. I think that um, to me, he really strikes me as, you know, someone who can go into a program that needs stability. I mean, he's got Thomas Kelly there. So, you know, someone he knows well, you know, through, you know, also being an alumni and, and maybe, you know, maybe Kelly keeps his job. But I think that um, I think he can really go there and build something, whereas I think if he were to and I'm sure that that was the plan for a long time was for him to be Tom's anointed successor. But as the the shine has fallen a little bit off the penny with Tom, I think that he probably started to see for himself that if he were to ascend into that role, he probably you know, would not get the same level of support that he might have in 2015 or 2016. So I wonder if he looked at this for himself to say, the time is right. You know, I got a boogie. I also, and I've said it, um, you know, like when uh, DK has done some spaces and, uh, and some other kind of comments with other Twitter followers and that um, I feel like Tom desperately needs a challenger on his team. I thought originally Dane Fife was that guy. It turns out, Dane's actually just a moron. So he, he didn't friend do- Friend of the show, friend of the anything. program. Friend of the program. <laughs> friend of the program. <laughs> but I mean, he because he didn't do anything. And then he went to Indiana and you know what he also did? Nothing. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think that he's the challenger because you, you all think, well, someone who's young and progressive, that they're going to be a challenger, you know, in your leadership model. Um, and Dane wasn't it. I mean, I know we've all been like, ah, Drew, like, let's get, we got to get Drew B over. But, you know, is he ready? I don't know. Is he ready to give up a head coaching gig and, where he just took his team to the Sweet 16? I mean, or not Sweet 16, my bad, to the tournament. Like, of course, you know, he might want some more time in that spotlight. But I will say, Tom's got to get somebody, it doesn't have to be his um, associate assistant or whatever they call like the immediate number two. It doesn't have to be that person immediately now, but he needs to bring some like some real challenger models in. If he brings in, um, and I know he's got McQuaid in there. Um, That's a start. But It's a start. Yeah. But how much is for players, I don't know, is going to challenge you as much. I could see. I could see cash challenging him a little bit because he's Ooh. done it, but um, I think he needs someone who's going to go in there and challenge him in a respectful way to grow, to be better. I think the other thing is on recruiting. I think DJ and Tom were very aligned on recruiting. And I think he needs to get somebody who's going to progressively align with the football program to get more out of state visibility to the recruiting recruiting efforts and someone with new ideas is going to be the person to do that. 
Yeah, so, no. Yeah. I, I I agree with you completely. Like I've 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 said I've said multiple times now that um you know I don't think Stevens is is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just kind of a demeanor. And like you said, it's a demeanor thing, right? Like yeah. Like, like not everybody can be president of the United States. Like you need to be one, you need to be okay to, you need to be okay with being a war criminal, but two, like you need to like be able to kind of, to kind of let stuff, you kind of need to have a public presence. And DJ doesn't really, didn't really have that in his time, in his time at MSU. Right. So I think Western's a, a great fit for him. It'll be a good litmus test, right? Who knows? Maybe he turns the program around and maybe he does prove himself as a as a successor to Izzo, right? This could be a massive win-win. Uh, but but ultimately, uh, you know, the time was right for for you know for DJ to to go take on a new challenge, and for Tom to get in and get someone younger. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, my dream hire. If he wasn't, if one, he wasn't actively playing in the NBA, and two, <laughs> wasn't going to be making ten million dollars a year. Uh, on TNT after he retired, my dream oh. hire would be Draymond because Draymond doesn't oh. fuck. Draymond would. He's Draymond would crazy enough him. to do it. <laughs> Draymond would push him. Would he push would him to the edge. So Homer I would, I would love yeah. to see. I would love to see. You know, obviously it's not going to happen, but I'd love to see Draymond kind of kind of be in that kind of be in that young guy role. Yeah. Well, I I would say this. I would. This is a weird bold statement to come out of the blue but i would say this i would put dj in at western for four years i would have him bring him to the tournament second year out i would elevating his national profile i'd put him in the nba in four years interesting i I think he has more of an nba management style than he Hmm. does um coaching like you know for the next 20 years in the ncaa Hmm. out of out of left field but something to think about that's interesting. I mean, I could see that, right? Because yeah. if you look at the successful, the successful NBA coaches, right? Like a like mm-hmm. a Spolstra or a Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. um, they're not they're not hands on really. They're they're at their best when they're when they're giving when they're giving their players free reign. And I can definitely see St- that being a strength of of Dwayne Stevens. Like, I don't know if you mm-hmm. want to give Western's roster free reign out the gate, but you know, maybe if he can kind of mold that program um, into something that, you know, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be a perennial, it's not going to be Gonzaga, but, you know, it right. could be, it could be Buffalo, right? To use an example from Western's own conference, right? A team mm-hmm. that is always in the mix, always in the tournament, constantly ranked and has the potential to kind of make that second weekend. So, I do yeah. definitely like that. I definitely do like that that model for a DJ. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see Western have a little bit of success. Nothing. I mean, yeah. we don't concern ourselves. A lion doesn't concern themselves with a gnat running around their face. Um, but like, I would like to see Western have some success. And yeah, that'd be and because like Izzo's coaching tree isn't really the greatest. I mean, right? <laughs> it's not. I mean, a lot of them aren't. But like his, you know, there not a lot of success. I mean, do we count Tom Crean? I mean, that would be easily the most successful. Um, it was cool when he beat Kentucky that one time. That yeah, cool. Watford shot. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. sick. 
that was like 10, 11 years ago. Um, that, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him, but yeah, I, I want youth and like, I, again, I, I, I hate Facebook, but I love it at the same time. Like I go on the Michigan state recruiting and news page and the takes are just, Oh, and they're incredible. Like people yeah. want, people think Drew Valentine will come as the assistant and like the head coach in waiting that shit would only work if it were one year. If Izzo said to him, legit, I'm retiring in one season. Yeah. You, you are the guy locked in contract signed. We'll pay you a coach's, we'll pay you head coach salary or, you know, really, really close to it. You're the guy like Shire and coach K, you know, kind of thing. Um, except yeah. Izzo won't make it all about himself. Um, well, here's the thing is, I think Izzo's not retiring until he gets another national championship. I think we all agree that, right? Like, no, you know, he's not going to do it. But, you know, you have to remember now this predates probably most of your listeners. But um, when Judd Heathcote was going to retire, they wanted they actually they wanted Tom Izzo. He wanted Tom the whole time. The administration did not want Izzo in the head coaching position. So Judd stayed on an extra year to get Tom ready. So I think Tom really understands how important his succession plan is in order to do the two things he needs to do, which is to retire. But before he's going to retire, he's got to get that national championship. So he needs someone. So I could see him making a play for Drew, maybe on a two-year kind of guarantee. Um, Because you start thinking about when Steven, uh, you know, when his son graduates, you know, the stars do start to align a little bit. And I think, you know, if he brought Drew over, it could be magic, but, you know, it's not guaranteed. If you don't want it to become a Conan O'Brien thing where he's, you know, he's like, okay, I'll take over the show. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm not quite ready yet. So yeah. I wouldn't want to see that either. Great pull. That's going to happen. I, I feel like that's going to happen at Duke. I feel yeah. like, I feel like well, he's going to, I feel like he's going to run it back. Um, yeah. There's no good way to do that, so I would expect I'm I'm, I'm expecting that shoe to drop. It's gonna be like uh, um, Miami Heat when Stan Van Gundy got fired, and then Pat Riley came back and coached the team. Yeah, like I could see Shire. I mean, I think it's gonna work out. I mean, it should with the recruits he's pulling in. Um, but like, I could see it just totally bombing, and Coach K just like, you know what? I'm gonna try it again. <laughs> It's not, it's not about me, but it is about me. I could just yeah. fully see that ass wipe doing that. Um, I will tell you guys, I know we were going to do like a little bit of um, storytelling, but this is relevant to the topic at hand. Sure. When we were at the final four, one of the pictures that I took when we were out on the Friday night was this guy who had a t-shirt on. I'd never seen it before, maybe because we're just not in the, the stratosphere of the Duke, North Carolina relationship. And it was just the Duke, North Carolina score. And then the quote from uh, Coach K, which was, uh, what was it? I'm sorry about this afternoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coach K's final thoughts. And yeah. I was like, hey, um, can I take your picture? You random man at a bar at midnight. And I, I, I thought it was the most hysterical thing. It was so funny. That, yeah, I, I, I've seen that shirt. That, that's hilarious. Okay. But on, honestly, ahead, the succession ahead. plan, uh, back to the succession plan, honestly, I think the best place 
um, to get Drew Valentine what ready to take over for Tom Izzo if if that's going to be the plan, right? I'm we're just speculating here, right? Yeah, uh, I I think the best place for him to get ready to do that is at Loyola, right? Because I think totally agree. Because he still you still have those Porter Moser recruits that you know he was he's been able to take to take on deep tournament runs. You're still riding that momentum. Um, you still have sister Jean praying for you, uh, whatever that's worth. Uh, but you know, you can kind of, you know, you kind of have, he's kind of been handed the keys to a perennial power there in, in a, in a mid-major conference. So I, you know, I think that's the best place to get him ready. Honestly, is to run a lower is to run a mid-major and then mm-hmm. maybe he gets an opportunity at like a lower tier high major, like let's say your, uh, let's say like an SMU or uh, a Wichita State, right? Somewhere in a somewhere in a high major conference, but they're not quite the Houston or the mm-hmm. Memphis. Mm. And and then you know once Tom's ready. You, you do the you do the Shire thing where you bring them in, you let them run the day to day, but is those still there as the figurehead? Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it would be also too. I think it would be disruptive if you brought Drew over in a number two position with it being very obvious that he's going to take over for Tom because it does start to create some confusion and leadership amongst the players, right? And so I think you got to look at it on continuity of plan, continuity of culture, continuity of team. And then, you know, we know that Drew's aligned with our culture, his whole family, you know, are, are, you know, Michigan, I mean, whether or not they actually attended Michigan state between his parents and, and obviously Denzel, and I think their sister too, like um, they're just such a Michigan state aligned family. So we don't have to worry about that. Let him mature as a coach where he needs to mature and bring him over when he's ready, because that's what we will need. Don't bring him over when we're ready. Um, and so I think we got to look at what that means for us, but I, I totally agree with you, Esty. Yeah. Well, well said. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen over the next couple of years. Like I think next mm-hmm. year we should be a pretty decent team if we hit the portal the right way. And I mean, we're hitting the portal, but if the portal works out in our favor, um, I think we have the ingredients to cook up something pretty good, pretty special. But, um, you know, we'll we'll talk about more about that another day. It is going to be interesting to see what happens for sure. It's definitely something we need to monitor. Um, I Okay, so we're going to do a little bit of story time here. Um, I don't know how you want to do it, Mrs. B, so why don't you go ahead, like, it was your it was your idea for the segment, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about like we're kind of part of it's reminiscing and forecasting, right? We're thinking about what you know what's going to happen next in the programs, but it also makes us kind of look back on things that we you know enjoyed, or you know you talked about looking forward to football, and I got to tell you, I'm super stoked. Uh, my girlfriends and I are all planning on coming in town for homecoming and I look forward to not remembering any of it. Like it just, it's just one of my, my favorite times. And it kind of got me thinking about, you know, what are those kind of magic 
memories that we have that kind of tied us over in between seasons. And, um, you know, we were kind of going back and forth on what's, you know, what are some of the favorite events you've been to? And I got to tell you, like, just even talking about football and you talked about like fireball and tailgating and all that. It absolutely reminds me of the 2015 Ohio state game. And it's, because too, I think obviously our best memories are typically of games that we've won. Like, let's not be foolish, but <laughs> there are the games that where we have this like whole experience around the game, but there's so much more to it. And it, it always cracks me up thinking about this experience. You know, we had gotten these tickets like a week before the game. Cause I think it was the previous game, maybe against Iowa that this game, you know, took on a real meaning for us. And uh, my Columbus office had offered up, you know, Hey, if you guys, want, you know, I've got two tickets. So my one girlfriend who I won't name her, but, uh, we are on each other's Twitter a lot. So you probably would pick it up pretty easily. Um, so she and I decided, okay, she'll drive in from Chicago. I'll fly into Detroit because it was last minute flights to Columbus weren't that easy. So I get on my plane Friday morning and, um, I'd been upgraded to first class. I get on the plane. And as soon as I walk in, I see my seatmate is drinking brown liquor at 6.30 in the morning. And I looked at him and I was like, that's my people. Like, I don't know that guy, but I think that's my people. <laughs> and so I sit down next to him, we start chatting and um, he was in town for a work training thing. And he was like, oh, where are you headed? I said, oh, I'm going to Detroit, you know, for the weekend. Didn't really mention the game. I said, where are you headed back to? And he said, oh, I'm going to Columbus. He said, no kidding. So we start talking and um, he ends up telling me, he and like a whole team of guys are competition smokers. Like they smoke meat and they do a huge tailgate at the Ohio state games. And so I'm sitting there, I've now had probably three bourbons at now maybe eight o'clock in the morning. And I, and he goes, you and your friend should come by our tailgate. So we exchange numbers. And, uh, and I tell my friend, you know, we've got this plan and, and he and I kind of texted coordinates throughout the day. So fast forward to the next day, um, we, my friend and I realized like we might get murdered. Like we have no idea what's going on. You know, we're in Columbus, Ohio, just the two of us. We, we follow all the coordinates. We get to the tailgate. We walk up guys. It was like a, like three tents. And I think they had five or six grills. Like these guys were hardcore and they were smoking like all this meat. They had, um, I want to say it was seven or eight different types of homemade fireball, like different flavored combinations they had. We walk up and the first person I see is my new friend and he gives me a hug. And then his wife charges up with this look on her face, like real sour. And she goes, I need to talk to the woman who's been texting my husband the past 24 hours. <laughs> And I looked at her and it would have been raining. I had like a Michigan State Spartan winter hat on, um, a scarf, and I looked like an absolute lunatic. And uh, and I was like, oh, well, we just met on the plane yesterday. And she goes, ah, I'm just effing with you. Come on, let's get you some food and some booze. And I realized like I, I really had fallen into like my people. So uh, my girlfriend and I, we ate, we drank, we went to the game obviously it was an awesome game. And I got to tell you, my opinion on people at Ohio state was so different. The fans gave us no issues. They were all very nice. The people we sat near were very nice because uh, we were in like the season ticket holder section. And uh, we had a great time at the game. 
And after, you know, Geiger's windmill and we're all, you know, celebrating and the games, you know, ended and we're starting to pile out, I get a text from my new friend and he said, uh, you know, we stayed set up for you guys, come back and have some more food before you guys head out. So they, we went back and they had a whole crowd of people. Uh, they welcomed us back with open arms and we, they gave us to go food because we had a little bit of driving to do that night. And, uh, and to this day, we still are friends with those. This is 2015. So we're still friends with them. My girlfriend opened a restaurant in Columbus for another client a couple months ago. Uh, he and his wife came and, uh, and went to the friends and family opening. And I always look back on that as like, that to me is the epitome of it. It was Spartan football because that's why I was there, but it kind of felt very big 10. Like it was such a positive, like awesome experience. Um, and it really, you know, it was one of those things I will honestly think about for the rest of my life. Like it was just one of the greatest stories, um, stark contrast to all of the stories I collected at the final four, by the way, um, those were less wholesome. So it was definitely like a really fun, wholesome, great experience that I just love. So I always think about that when I think of football. Well, if we're starting wholesome and then backsliding into into degeneracy. Degenerates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, my, I also have a story from 2015. So uh, I, I told this story on the podcast before, but long story short, um, I went to Western uh, for the Western game that year because a bunch of my friends went to Western, a bunch of my high school friends. Uh, so we went for the Western game and I broke my ankle. So I was on a knee scooter for the entire uh, first semester I was at college. It was brutal. Um, but so like I had missed the Oregon game because I was recovering from surgery. Like I got my surgery on Thursday of that week Ugh. and I was so pissed. So I was, I was laid up for the Oregon game. I couldn't go to game day. Uh, I was so upset. Uh, when I found out game day was coming back, uh, to, to, they were going to Ann Arbor for the Michigan game. I said, fuck it. And I bought a, I bought a one-way ticket on the Michigan flyer that left at five in the morning (laughs) to go to, uh, that, to go to Ann Arbor to, to get to game day. So at four in the morning, my alarm rings, I get up, I get dressed, I hop on my little knee scooter, hop in an Uber, (laughs) to the Michigan flyer, uh, you know, put my little, put my little, uh, knee scooter in the, in the storage thing, hop, pop, pop, <laughs> get into the, get on the bus, awesome. get to Ann Arbor. And I had made plans with friends. Right. So I go to game day and I was like, okay, like, what's the, like, can I have the address? And they're like, oh, like, we're full. Like, we're packed. Like, you can't come anymore. I was like, what the fuck? So I'm like, I have no way home. I'm wandering around downtown Ann Arbor on a knee scooter. I'm in full MSU gear. And I'm like, just like a lost puppy. Like, I don't know where to go. Uh, Eventually, I run into someone I went to high school with. And I went to like a small Catholic high school. So, you know, we were all like pretty tight with each other, everyone who graduated together. Mm-hmm. So it was like, SD. And, you know, he came and dapped me up. He goes, Where are, you, are you going to the game? 
I was like, no, like I was supposed to go hang out with those guys, but they like ditched me. And he's like, oh, come with me, come with me. We're, we're watching at a house. Don't worry about it. I'm watching with a bunch of my up north friends. So I'm in this house in Ann Arbor with like three people I know and 30 people I don't. And they were all just like so welcoming. They thought it was so cool that I like just did this on my own in Ann Arbor. <laughs> just wandering around on a knee scooter. And, and it was, and you know, they, they offered me beer. Like they were, we were just shooting the shit and we were watching the game and you know what happens. So, uh, you know, we were going nuts out in the street. We were playing the fight song. Uh, we were going nuts and the students started coming back because we were watching in like student houses. Uh, it was like there, it was like Ann Arbor's equivalent of like Gunson. So like there were student houses everywhere. So the student house, so the students started coming back. This one girl comes out and goes, shut the fuck up. I just called the fucking cops. Fuck you. <laughs> so, so I, uh, so eventually somehow I got home home. I didn't get back to East Lansing. I went to like my home in Metro Detroit. But that was like the craziest day of my life. Like, I can't believe that, like, I did that. <laughs> I mean, that is, I would say, as someone who grew up in Ypsilanti and like went to Ann Arbor often and, you know, drove around with, I don't even remember what it said, but I had like a anti-Michigan bumper sticker on my car, which I was told was very bold. I'm like, what are you nerds in Ann Arbor going to do about it? Like, who cares what you guys are going to do to my bumper sticker on my Honda Civic? Like, I'm fine. <laughs> um but it, that I will say that is, you know, bold, but I, you know, part of it too is, you know, at Michigan state, like we breed bolder people. Um, I, you guys would appreciate this. I tweeted about it um, after it happened final four weekend, but it's a better told as a story. Cause it, I think resonates a little bit more, but um, you know, my girlfriend and I went out and we've been to two final fours before. So we've been to uh, what I lovingly refer to as the Appalaches. Minneapolis and Indianapolis, uh, two of, you know, I would say the lesser of exciting places that I've watched like large scale sporting events, you know, you go to the Rose bowl and you're in Los Angeles, right. You know, we went to sweet 16 in Madison square garden. It's in New York city, right. There's an endless supply of things to do in Minneapolis and Indianapolis less, I would say a lot less. So, um, so final four in new Orleans was like a totally different vibe because I mean, there was definitely more social time there, but you know, we were, you know, we were like, we got no emotional connection to this game at all. And that's very liberating. Like it felt very liberating to not have a dog in the hunt. Um, so when we went out on bourbon street, the first bar that we go to after dinner and for the record, like we had a full like wine tasting at dinner. Like we were, we were feeling ourselves and we were also two ladies in a sea of like 98% men. So, I mean, I definitely could have worn my pajamas and like not put makeup on <laughs> and it, it would have been over for you bitches. Like it was a, just a hysterically <laughs> funny experience. So, but we, you know, we did it upright. We were, like I said, we were feeling ourselves. We kind of put ourselves out there and we walk into the very first bar and I kind of cut through this group to order us some vodka sodas because we are middle-aged white ladies. And, um, as I'm ordering them, 
this younger guy turns to me and he goes, Hey, uh, would you like to meet the youngest head coach in the NCAA right now? (laughs) And I was standing there like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? And so of course he didn't know who the fuck he was talking to. So, um, I turned to him and I go, I'd, I'd love to, that'd be great. And I'm looking, you know, for Drew because, you know, and, uh, and he, he turns to this very young looking, uh, who I later found out was a grad assistant young man. And he goes, Oh, this is, this is him. And I go, Oh, well, how old are you? And he goes, Oh, I'm 32. And I go, and I just took a sip of my vodka soda and I looked up, I go, you guys know Drew Valentine's 29, right? And, uh, and the look, it was like watching a balloon deflate just very slowly. And he goes, Oh, Oh, he's the second youngest coach in the NCAA. And I looked at him and I said, you guys are just saying that kind of stuff to pick up chicks at the bar and hoping that none of them actually knew what they were talking about. Right. Yeah. I go, don't do that. And I go, where is your, where's your actual head coach? Uh, cause they were legitimately coaches. And so they bring over their head coach who I'm not going to name names, but it's a, a smaller conference, but it, their coach was the conference coach of the year. So they call their coach over and I said, so, you know what your staff's out here doing? And I explained it to him and he about spit his beer out. Like he thought it was hysterical. And I go, and what's the deal with that one guy over there wearing letters? And I, cause he looked around and one of the guys on his team actually had like their university logo apparel. I go, dude, you can't have your guys walking around with letters like that. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, I know. I'm going to have to talk to him. And we ran into uh, the entire squad uh, like about two hours later. And I was like, oh, did uh, did coach give you guys a hard time? He's like, yeah, we're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> and I, I asked him, I asked my one buddy who, uh, who played for Michigan state, I go, cause I said, what's the deal. They said they were going to some coaches convention. He goes, no, it just, they all get the universities pay for them to come down and uh, drink beer and hit on girls. And, uh, and I go, yeah, but it wasn't very successful. And he goes, yeah. Cause they didn't plan on running into someone who knew what they did, you know, knew what they were talking about. But that was like my favorite. But then while I was giving their head coach a hard time, uh, my girlfriend was talking to the assistant, the one whose balloon I deflated right in his face. And uh, she goes, oh, do you ever want to coach D1 someday? And he goes, oh, we are D1. <laughs> Her answer was just very simply like, oh. So we kept repeating that the whole next day. Like, oh, do you want to coach D1 someday? We are D1. Oh. And that was it. So we, we did successfully demoralize and we looked up, you know, on, uh, on the university website, it was their entire coaching staff. And, and we pretty much humiliated every single one of them. And uh, because you know what, that's what Spartans do, baby. Yeah. They demoralize and humiliate. It was fantastic. It was definitely a highlight of my weekend, but um, it was, I, I would tell you, I think in you know, Michigan state, you know, has the ability to go to the final fours in the next couple of years or in what Houston. And then I think Phoenix, San Antonio, somewhere else, I think they're going back to Indianapolis, but you know, there's some fun places, you know, for the final fours to go to. And uh, I got to tell you, if it's like a warm weather spring place, it really is, you know, a great time. And on game day, you could get championship tickets for $35. I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there for fun. Uh, New Orleans was definitely a whole, whole different animal. The, o- the only final four I've been to is Indy 
2010. Uh, mm-hmm. Such a brutal game. And I, I sold my ticket to a Duke fan for like, he was just begging to get in and I had a nosebleed seat and I'm like 300 bucks, like just laughing. Like, I'm not going to get yeah. it. And he pulled out cash. He's like, okay. I'm like, this isn't a great seat. He goes, I don't care. I want to get in. I'm like, all right. And it was literally like, you would need like binoculars to see the court. And, yeah. but I made my money back on the final four, but that's my, but I told my wife's name's Cassie. I, we make a joke that I say my wife all the time. Um, my wife, my wife. And uh, I told her the next final four MSU was in, I'm going like, no matter where it's at, I'm going. It's magic. I got to, it's, it's magic until your team loses and they lost it both the times that I went. Um, But I got to tell you, it's so, I mean, it was that championship game for having no dog in the hunt was so wild. And it was, I think you guys picked it up on TV, but it, nobody was sitting down hardly the whole game. And it was loud. It was like going to two home games. Like, you know, the, the noise level was incredible, but to see Kansas. You there now that I could see them coming back, you know, 15 plus what four to win. I don't think I could see them do that. And what they did was incredible. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the game. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm only 34, but I'm. I feel older than that. And like nine o'clock, I'm like, shit. I'm tapped out for the day. <laughs> and I just like I watched well, the whole. I, I watched the whole game on YouTube the next day. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that's a topic for another podcast because we we got to talk <laughs> about that. But I will say it was. <laughs> it was electric and it was, it was awesome to watch. And, you know, the other thing is too, and not to be sappy, but like to see people who you really empathize with in both directions, you know, that when your team loses, it's unfortunate and you're sad, but like when your team wins, you know, to see people follow up, it was awesome. I mean, it was really so cool. And it just fueled my fire for us to, you know, to get things, you know, to write the course for next year, to invest in, you know, the guys that need investing in to hit the portal hard. Um, I think it just, it reinforced to me, like, we gotta, we gotta be back there. We gotta do this. If, um, if Bill self can do it, um, (laughs) you know, we can do it. Like we absolutely should be doing it, but it's, that'll be a conversation we can have a year from now and look back and, and revisit it. Yeah. Well, to touch on the national championship game, cause we didn't get to talk about it. Um, oh yeah. Bill, Bill self sucks. I hate Bill self, but I gotta, I gotta appreciate the way he alpha mailed himself through an FBI wiretap by just <laughs> leaning into it. <laughs> like having strippers at a midnight madness event and like shooting money all over his players was just so funny it would it's like one of those things that where like you don't know what to do because it's so ridiculous like and i just i love the picture of him getting the trophy from mark emmert that is just so good it's like whenever goodell has to give a trophy to brady or belichick it's just so much contempt yeah uh uh Oh, I don't have any, like, 
maybe the most wholesome MSU related story I have is, I mean, just thinking about it, I'm not like some crazy party animal or like, I, I'm not saying you are, but like, I don't, I don't get the opportunities to go out and do all these awesome events. Not yet, but like, um, you know, I just don't have the family, you know, all over America. I don't have the, the partners, the brothers, the sisters. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but I'd say the most wholesome thing was after this year's Michigan game, because I, I woke up at four 30, you know, got to the lot. Um, I wish I knew the name of the lot. It's, I can't believe I forgot it, but um, you know, got to the lot, you know, we tailgated and everything and the game happened. It was, you know, a mix of, you know, sadness and then just incredible joy. It's the best game I've ever seen in person. And, um, mm-hmm. and like going up to some of the people who traveled there for the game, they were like crying and like hugging yeah. me. Like that, that hit home for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like some of the people that are on Twitter, like one of the guys, he, uh, we know him, Trevor, big Trevor, Trevor Upchurch. Uh, Mm-hmm. Our knows him too. Um, he was he goes to most of the games, but like he was crying because he was so happy for one of his friends who got to go to the game from like Chicago, who never really comes to games. And like to see the emotion like in a game like that, that was so awesome because I I'd gone to so many Michigan Michigan State games before that, but I never was a part of like a tailgate group or anything because we just kind of you know, all met on Twitter, then started meeting in real life. So it just kind of melded together. And, you know, I consider a lot of these people, my friends, like true friends. And like, it was so cool to see that sense of like joy among, among other people that, you know, like that just soaked that in, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, it was, it was a, it was a euphoria. It was just a high that I rode until we went to the Purdue game (laughs) until until Mitch, well, Mitch, gonna, yeah. uh, Mitch uh, a friend of the pod, Mitch called, Mitch texted me. He's like, you, the next day, he's like, you want to go to the Purdue game? I'm like, man, my body's sore. My throat's killing me. I'm like, oh, man, I kind of want to go. Sure. And then Darian Harris hooked us up with tickets. And, you know, that was a that was a great trip. But, like, you know, it was it was awesome to see that euphoria and just to feel that mm-hmm. high and share it with everybody. Um I, I kind of have, I'll do my, I don't know, my meanest MSU related story. <laughs> it, it's, there was a time I threw mustard packets at, a, at, <laughs> at people. That's one of the best tweets ever. Uh, oh man, I, I want to find it now. Um, uh, it was the 2011 Big Ten Championship game. Um, my buddy was an MSU student. He got us tickets in the student section and pretty good seats. And, um, you know, the game happened. Like, like you say, you know, that's like you love when your team wins, but like that was still an awesome game to watch. I, I think I can say that finally after 11 years. Like I can say it. Um, and, <laughs> you know, right after the game happened, like as soon as, you know, the, the play got called back, my buddy and I knew what happened. We just started walking up the concourse because it was over. And um, yeah. all the, like, we're, we're walking and I'm like, I'm, I'm just crushed. And my buddy's, you know, like trying to figure out what we're going to do after the game. And I'm just sitting there moping around, walking out of the stadium. And some Wisconsin fan and his son, like, his, he's got a little toddler, or not a little toddler, like a little boy. They're pointing at us. 
and and I was kind of drunk from the game, and I'm like, I, I just don't even bother for a second. I'm like, what is going to happen here? Like, this is not good. And he points, he, he tells his son something, and this little maybe six or seven year old walks up to us and like does like a W and is like, oh, Wisconsin, you guys suck. Ha ha ha. And I just look at him. I almost grabbed him, but I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like my, my brain did stop me enough to say, I do. But I said, tell your dad to go fuck himself in the face. <laughs> and <laughs> the kid looked like he about crapped himself and like stormed off to his dad. And his dad just gave me this mean look. And I kind of gave him a look like, don't mess with me, man. Like I did not want to do that to that kid. But it was pretty clear his dad his dad was trying to make him do it because he was too he was a grown ass man was too afraid to come up to me and say it. That that's my that's my least I'm not a proud moment, but one that I think about. My buddy does it every time I see him. Like we I I walked over to his tailgate for the Michigan State Michigan game, and he like did the W to me. <laughs> oh, oh that's awesome. yeah, not my best moment. Well, you know, what? I bet that kid. Well, that kid's probably what, 17, 18 now. I bet he learned like he's not walking around getting in people's faces anymore now, is he? Right. So you I actually scarred him. <laughs> yeah. That kid's that kid's majoring in theater at UW Lacrosse because you didn't because you ruined Wisconsin for him. The kid goes to Tish. The kid goes to Tish at NYU. You can't even think about sports. This large, scary MSU fan t- terrorized me 11 years ago. Uh, all right. That, there's going to be, there's an off Broadway one man show about you, Lucas. <laughs> like La La Land. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what do you guys got? That's awesome. I was just trying to think about like the other stuff, like they, uh, <laughs> you know, that was going on recently. You know, it was weird because, um, you know, I went to the Final Four in 2019, which was the first Final Four that they served alcohol in. Oh, and um, I, I needed after that game. Yeah, but it was, um, you know, we had went, like my girlfriend and I, we had went to the Rose Bowl, which was not an NCAA, I think, sanctioned event or sponsored event. So they had like full open bar. They had beer wine. We were doing shots because we were playing Stanford. So there was like a shot board where every time like someone from a school did a shot, they marked it off. And clearly Michigan State was winning because we're winners. Um so we went into, we went to the Madison Square Garden Sweet 16 game that same year, um, walking into it thinking, um, oh yeah, we'll have some drinks at the hotel bar, but we'll keep drinking when we get to the event, not realizing that they did not have alcohol there. So, you know, she and I walked in and, you know, you can't leave. So once we walked in and we realized there was no booze, we're like, so we have to stay and watch uh, UConn play Iowa state. So this is awesome. Um, and all they had was soda. So I felt like I was in Mormon heaven. I got a 32 ounce diet Coke, uh, (laughs) which I immediately without even maybe two seconds dropped and it splattered everywhere, everywhere. So there was like a pool of soda pop and, um, and my girlfriend, I just looked at each other and just walked away, like, didn't even call anybody. We were just so done. Um, so that was really unusual. So then when we went to the 2019 final four, we were so happy to have alcohol that um, I kept ordering things in, you know, duplicatively. So at one point I looked at like the ounces on the bottom of the wine glass I was drinking out of, 
And by wine glass, I mean, clear solo cup, but (laughs) I realized I had over a full bottle of wine between my two cups and uh, that 2019 game required, by the way, a full bottle of wine, at least uh, to consume. But uh, it was nice to go to go back to this game because they're doing I think it was just beer and wine, but it was nice to be able to have uh, have beers at the game. But I will never forget the tragedy of the 2014 Madison Square Garden event with no alcohol, because if you guys recall that Virginia Michigan State game, it was, I mean, they were trading lead and within yeah. two, three points, the whole game. I mean, it was an absolute um, stress, you know, stress watching game. It, but then, it was a really good game. If you didn't like have a dog in the, in the race. And we won. So it was a really good game. I mean, yeah. it was, it was awesome to watch. And then, um, you know, we ended up, we left and there was a bar directly across the street and we went over and uh, it ended up being the one where all the MSU parents ended up at. So everyone was buying shots for like, it was like, was it Kayla Lucas's parents and like um, all the other, I'm trying to remember all the parents. Cause I had been to enough games. I can't remember exact years, but um, there were definitely, and that was the year. If you guys remember 2014 was when uh, they really projected us to go all the way. And then yeah. we didn't make it past that Sunday with UConn. Uh, and I, I do, I do take responsibility for that because I rode the elevator. UConn was staying at our hotel and I wished the guys good luck. Um, and I had my fingers crossed, but clearly well, that was not good. <laughs> so I take the heat for that one. Oh man, that, that will, for like, we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum. We, that will forever haunt me. Like, that game like yeah Izzo could win another five titles and that would be like you know we still blew this game blah 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 uh uh, you you got you got a miss you got you got one like story like hers smart dog well i don't i don't go to many i don't go to many neutral site games the only neutral site game i think i've ever been to uh was the peach bowl so um my parents (laughs) We're like, uh, uh, it's been, was my parents were like, Hey, like, what do you want to do? Like, they were like looking for something to do over holiday break when like my brother and sister were at home. And this was after the Michigan game. I go, Oh, they're probably going to make the Rose bowl. Let's go to the Rose bowl. Right. So they were like, okay, so we started looking at flights and stuff and they're like, are they a lock for the Rose Bowl? And I'm like, I, you know, it depends. So after uh, we got selected to the Peach Bowl, uh, you know, we booked flights and we started looking at tickets and uh, we, and we went and it was awesome. Like Mercedes-Benz Stadium is, is a great stadium. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And the tickets we got, we were like one section over from the band. So we were like, we were separated by like a, by like a staircase from the band. So it was loud and it's hard to describe. I get really into the games, like emotionally, like I yell a lot Mm -hmm. and I I scream and my dad's the exact same way. Who does that? Yeah. Not me. Um, but I, the concession, the fan-friendly concession pricing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium is, is unreal. 
it is so great because I was slamming beers. I was cussing up a storm <laughs> and I felt bad because there was this family behind me with like two young kids, like seven and five, like they were young. And when, and when Jaden Freed scored that touchdown, I'm high-fiving the kid. We're going nuts. And then as Cal Halliday's returning the pick six, I picked the yeah. kid up and I'm shaking him. <laughs> That's awesome. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, that just made me wanted to go to more. You know what? Now that yeah. you bring up like future Final Four locations, I can't wait for the Final Four in Vegas. There's, it's happening. It's going to happen what? eventually. It's not, it's not official yet, but like with like the it, Well, stadium. it will happen. They're doing, they're doing the semi-regionals in Vegas next year. Ooh. Um, so I, I guarantee you, I think SD, you're right. I bet you anything that's a, a trial balloon to see how Vegas can tolerate because the beauty of new Orleans, you know, we asked like our drivers and all different people, like, is this busy for new Orleans? And they were like, no, like, it's always like this. So they need a city that has the capacity and the rooms and all that to get all those people there and Vegas can do it. They just need um, they, you know, they just need to have, um, you know, that test balloon to fly. So I bet next year is a test balloon with those semi-regionals and, um, I bet they do it. I think, uh, one thing though, just as, as like part of a closing note is if they don't figure out a better way for constructing these platform courts, uh, with all the injuries we saw this year, if, if, if the coaches don't get up in arms with the NCAA about it, it doesn't matter where it's going to be at. It's going to get worse and worse. So my hope is that, um, that they tighten that up into the coming years, but yeah, I could definitely see Vegas being announced for like a 2029 or something like that. Um, in the next, um, you know, when they do their next slate of, uh, four to five, when they announce them. I, I went, I went to the, the, um, the first and second rounds in Auburn Hills, uh, at the palace RIP, uh, 2013, and that was pretty fun. MSU and Michigan were there, but you know there were two other games that played. I think there's no way it would have, no. I forget who else was there, but like VCU was one of the teams. You know we beat Valparaiso in mm-hmm. Memphis. Like that was fun to play, but like it was annoying because I sat right next to this Michigan fan who like you could I swear he was like the biggest diehard Valparaiso and Memphis fan <laughs> and like when Michigan played he's just kind of like eh, whatever and like I think he heard me call him a douchebag one time because I was like he Memphis had like a little bit of a lead and then we ended up blowing him out and he's sitting there like clapping and I'm like are you really this big of a douchebag and he just like got red-faced and like walked out <laughs> he walked out and I saw him <laughs> that next Sunday I'm like hey buddy how you doing and I was like, I'm not, I'm going to leave you alone. Like I could tell I rattled him. I'm like, cause it just, the, the game was also, I'm just like, shut the hell, like just, just shut the hell up. Uh, oh, I have been to the big house for a Western and Michigan game. Um, that wasn't fun because I think the big house is a terrible arena to sit in. And I think it, I'm a bigger gentleman. I am a large King. Um, and even, even 2009, when I was skinnier than I am now. And like, I was still considered a big guy then. And 
oh, I got, I pinched my sciatica nerve after that game. Like I was like, I swear to God, the, the numbers for the seats are like six inches apart. <laughs> and like, like what was great was like, you know, before the game, you know, the seats in front of me were blocked, were free. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can stretch out. I'm like, I can do this. It was hot, but I'm like, I can do this. And then all of a sudden my buddy and I look over and we see these two people that are larger size than us. And I'm not trying to shame them, but they were, they were bigger than us. And I'm like, uh, these are the only two empty seats in our section. And my, my buddy's like, Oh no. And I like told the guy and his wife, like, Hey, my knees are going to be jammed in your back the entire day. Cause these seats are too small. And he's like, Oh, it doesn't matter. And I like, I, I pinched my sciatica nerve and I had to get like prescription painkillers for a week. It was that, <laughs> it was that bad. I almost went to the ER cause it was just the, this mind numbing pain. And I vowed, to I, never you know, go, I vowed to never go back. No matter, no matter what, no matter what game. I, uh, I've never been, even though I grew up in Ypsilanti and my dad worked at the university of Michigan, like we didn't have a lot of growing up. So we didn't go to, to games. We would go to like Eastern games and that, but I gotta, I gotta tell you, and I say this unapologetically, I would rather shit in my hands and clap than to go to see anything ever in the big house. Like I, that would have, that would have to be like 10 years in prison or sitting through a Michigan, Michigan state game at the big house. I would maybe do it at that point in time, but I just, I, I mean, I went to high school, junior high school, elementary school with so many of those people. And, you know, I, this is not a Michigan, you know, blasting podcast for sure, but there are definitely a lot of people I know that I grew up with who, um, you know, don't have any leg to stand on, but will, you know, jump down the throat of any Michigan state fan or alumni. And I just, I'm not putting myself in that situation. I would no yeah. thank you. Like um, a friend of our pod, he's a Michigan fan, but I, I, we, we love him to death. Uh, his name's Trevor on Twitter, Trevor IDK on Twitter. We call him, okay. Blueprint. we call him Blueprint Trev. Um, <laughs> shout out combo if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, he, he wants us to come to Michigan State, Michigan this year. And I'm like, buddy, I will come tailgate, but that's my limit. I, and I will, I am one of the top five most hated people on Michigan Twitter. <laughs> and I'm not trying to exaggerate. I, that, that tweet I have pinned, like they got, they tried to kill me with my take that Izzo's actually a good basketball coach. Like they were just the dumbest group of people, some of these Michigan fans, but like, I said, if these people, these people know what my face looks like from my profile picture, I'm like, uh, they will put a face to the name. And if they hear Lucas, it's going to cause some like PTSD in their mind. And they're going to come like, you know, catch up man's going to try to come find me, you know, et cetera. And I'm like, I'm a marked man. I can't, I can't go in that stadium. <laughs> I can't. I would rather, no, never. Like I would rather procreate with Johnny spirit. <laughs> I would sit in one of those games. Do you have any Johnny Spirits like stories? Like just real quick before we leave. I, I well, yeah. So you know he 
he and I were in the same class at Michigan State. I clearly am younger. Oh uh, I think that brain pain's aging him. So my freshman year, we might be a year apart because he might have been a sophomore. But my freshman year, he dated a girl that lived on my floor who was an absolute basket case, by the way. So no surprise there. And that's when he started doing his Johnny Spirit thing. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen like the original garb, but he yeah. would have... He would have his mom, as you know, uh, paint him in green with the S and then he would wear like that, um, like a bicycle hat. Um, I think that's what they call them. Like a, like an, you know, you see like the old, like 1980s Italian yeah. uh, bicycle hats. Yeah. So he would wear like, like a bicycle hat and then like green and white striped boxers and Chuck Taylors. And that was it. Like that was yep. all that he wore and the paint and, uh, and his pom-poms. And it totally, this is an obscure TV reference, but like if any of you guys watched 30 Rock and when yeah. David Schwimmer played Greenzo and like Greenzo <laughs> got like got all full of himself because people were paying attention to Greenzo, like I don't know where the audacity was stored in those boxer shorts, but he walked around after the first couple of games of doing it because then they started giving him tickets. And um, oh. so- so by the time I graduated Michigan State, he was insufferable generally year one. It became progressively more so. So in 1996, I did, I'll have to find, there's an article somewhere. He snuck into the natatorium, like the swimming venue at the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, dressed up in his Johnny Spirit gear, like painted with, by the way, Michigan State was not competing in the Olympics. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but they don't compete as an independent nation. So he oh. went as Johnny Spirit, I think he had American flag, to the Olympics. So, um, so yes, no, no one likes him. Um, that is probably the only thing with which I would agree with any opposing fan base is that, you know, Terrible. it's at least he wears now like a, like a suit um, cause his mom probably can't get the brush strokes that great anymore, but he, he it, looks like green man from it's always sunny in Philadelphia with like a yes. summer mess on it. <laughs> yes, um, very much, like, very much. But yes, he's always been that way. And it definitely started more scantily clad and, um, and traumatizing I, like the whole time. I got some, some flack from, uh, I set, well, I made the mistake of buying season tickets way up in the upper bowl, but like for two games, I sat with our friends and that I tailgate with. And um, one time Johnny Spirit kept coming up and down the section and I was booing the shit out of him. It was like during inter like, you know, play like breaks in the action. And I'm like, mm -hmm. get out of here, you bum. And all the, all the older people were like staring at me and people were like, what's your problem? I'm like this guy sucks. I was, I was a little drunk, but I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, what is he, what is he bringing to, of value to this program? Nothing. And I, I had to keep my mouth shut a little bit. I, I don't, I mean, oh, maybe dude. like the audacity of a 47 year old's virginity. I don't know what else he was bringing to I, those events. I wish I threw all. snowballs at him at the Penn state game. I no, really I, I will speak on class of 96 here, you know, for, for all of us. Um, he is not one of our people. Uh, we do not claim him. Uh, and we also think that he is ridiculous. So don't worry. If I was there, okay. I would have stood your case, but no, absolutely not. <laughs> you got anything before we wrap up, SD? Uh, yeah. Uh, Johnny Spirit looks like he smells like stale bush light. <laughs> Best Johnny Spirit picture was when he was arrested at the Rose Bowl. 
That's that's the best picture. You can really see the fear in his eyes. I love he, it. You he can looks really terrified. <laughs> he looks so scared. I what what did he sh- real quick like? Didn't he show up to the national title game in like Miami or Dallas a couple of years ago? No, he showed up to the Orange Bowl this year, the Michigan Georgia game. Oh, he, yeah, he did show up that. But he did show up. It was for the inaugural. Um, uh, CFB national championship game. It was Ohio State and Alabama. Yep. He showed up that in 2015. I was there in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yep. seeing the picture of him outside with like the sunset. I'm like, this guy sucks so hard. And yeah, I, I just was curious because, you know, we all have our Johnny Spirit takes and it seems like all of us that who have discussed him are all on the same line. Um, just because he's unfortunately a staple of game days and I, I just pray someday that it's over. Not not bad, but like I just hope one day he kind of like looks in the mirror and goes, "What have I been doing with my life?" and like just stops. Like, that would require self awareness, which he does not have. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a hopefulness that is that is only uh, reserved for youth. Um, I I can't have that kind of hope. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to see. I'm going to think I'm going to see him. Uh, until I die uh, at games and it that hate will fuel me. So I'm okay with it in that regard, because, you know, once I've accepted Johnny spirit, as long as he's there and I do not like his presence, I feel very good about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't end it on that bummer note, but whatever. It's good to talk shit about Johnny spirit. Uh, if you ever listen to the pod. Um, all right. Well, I think this was an awesome episode. Mrs. B, thank you for coming on. It was an, yeah, it was thanks for having blast. me, guys. Yeah. I love it. So much fun. You are welcome back anytime. Like honestly, you are. Open invite. Whenever you want to come on, shoot the shit. Message us. We'll make it work. I love it. Well, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for everything you do within, you know, not just the <laughs> Twitter community, but our MSU community. We love it. Yeah, I, I guess I get some credit for stirring up Michigan fans and <laughs> probably having a target on my back if I go to a tailgate. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been a crazy two years. You know, I remember the bacon whole, the whole bacon thing and the pecan thing that mm-hmm. people started. And it's just crazy that it's been two years. It's, it's just, it feels like time has moved so slow. And, but I mean, it's just, it's been awesome to do this. And, it's awesome to have people like you like join us on the show and just talk and like we all love MSU in our own ways and like have different stories and it's been great to have like you know we pulled with somehow we pulled Kenny Goins out of our ass like in the first month of the pod because awesome. you know and you know we've had Dane Fife on we had we've had Darren Harris on a couple times Masalam um you know I shoot my shot with everybody but like you know, it's, it's just crazy that we're doing this and it's still, it's just so fun. And I've developed a lot of really good friendships out of it too. And that's, that's the part I really appreciate more than anything. Like, yeah, finally meeting SD last summer or last, last fall. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm finally meeting him. And it was great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's, let's keep doing this. You're welcome back anytime. Um, And where do you want to plug your Twitter? Um, sure. Why not? Do yep. you also like bad sports takes and cocktail recipes? 
and women talking about how old they are, but trying not to act how old they are, then maybe my Twitter is for you. Um, so my Twitter is, I think it's Mrs. MRS two underscores Belvedere with an E, uh, like Mr. Belvedere, the TV show that, uh, that you guys may remember from many, many moons ago. Yep. So, um, you know, just enjoy it. I curse a lot and it occasionally gets a little, uh, raunchy, but, uh, you know what? Fuck them kids. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, we're going to head out. Uh, SD knows this and I will be gone next week. I don't think I can really get away with telling Cassie that I have to go to like the lobby of the Disney's Disney world resort that we're staying at and like record the pod. So, uh, I would risk getting my, my, uh, the deadbolt being locked on me. So, um, yeah, I'm going to soak up the sun in Florida next week. I'm going to relax and I'll come back recharged and catch up with you guys. And, uh, I'm sure Carter will be back next week, but yeah, you, Mrs. B again, welcome back anytime. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate Thank it. You. All right. We're going to sign out fellas and Mrs. B go green. Go white. Go white. All right. I'm going to upload it right now. So, but thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Ms. B, we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I turned, I had to turn my video off at one point because my bandwidth was getting shitty when both my kids That's were right. home. That's fine. Um, no big deal. Uh, I loved it. That was super fun. Yeah. I definitely, if you guys ever wanted me back to, you know, like if you wanted somebody to fill in or something, um, as long as I have somebody to contribute, you know, be they stories or opinions, I'd be more than happy to. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to upload it. So I got to can't, I got to end the meeting. So thank you again. All right. All right. See Thanks, you everybody. Guys. See you guys. Bye.